Welcome to episode 23 of the Sunday Conversation Podcast presented by Loyalty Liquors. I definitely forgot that last week. I'm Aaron. Across the table from me, that's Benny. Benny, how's your week, buddy? Oh, week was great, as always. You know. You know how it is, man. Uh, sure recording do. From sure the, do. Recording from the side of the road in uh, beautiful northern New Mexico. Um, <laughs> it's awesome, man. It's awesome. Cool. We're working on setting the set setting the record for most locations in the United States the podcast has been recorded from. Um, so this week, for the first time in what feels like months, we actually had a topic we wanted to kind of get to uh, right away. Um, Benny, why don't you kind of preface um, preface this week's topic, which is the national coin shortage, with uh, how how you came to uh, to find it out and, and bring it up to me? Yeah. Um... Very, very, I mean, I called you like seconds after it happened because I knew that it was going to be a, a good, a good little chat to have. But uh, so I went into a gas station. I think it was a, like a Phillips 66. So like a national, you know, chain or whatever. And um, I got two bags of ice and water, I, I think was what I got or something. It came out to $7.37. And I randomly had eight bucks. So I hand her eight bucks and she goes, oh, um, unless you have exact change, like I, I can't give you the change. And uh, so I hand her the money and I'm like, uh, oh, well then, uh, then how about I just give you $7 and, you know, we'll, we'll, will sway it in my direction because it was you know <laughs> under 50 cents you know it's like and uh so then she takes she takes my money and opens the till and i was able like my my line of sight i was able to see like immediately like a big pile of nickels yep and uh, i go oh great perfect uh i'll just take nickels i'll take you know my change in nickels that'll, that'll be fine and uh so as she reaches down into her till, she goes right for the dimes and, uh, you know, pulls me out, uh, I think, what was it, 60, 63 cents? Yep. I'm no expert on math, but I think I'm an expert right now. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, whatever. So she gives me the change, and I was just, I, I like, I forget my exact words to her, but it was something like, oh, you guys got a heck of a heck of a scam going on there, or something like, uh, oh, great way to take great way to take money from people or something and she like you know just like nodded and smirked and whatever i went on my way so i walk outside and i immediately call you and i'm yeah. like aaron like you know and i just tell you that exact story or whatever and uh i'm like dude like but isn't that like and then you started you know you started explaining to me like how um you know if, the, if they're not if they're not able to go get coins at the start of the day or something, or if the banks don't sure. have it. Um, but then I brought up the point. I was like, well, you know, isn't it amazing that if someone comes in and pays with exact change, now you have some, some change in the till and so on and so forth. And you're like, yeah, Ben, I'm pretty sure that's how a cash register works or, you know, the art of the cash register. And it just was like right there kind of, was like another one of those, another point in time when I was like, here's another scam. 
like this is another scam in society in terms of like first like you know i've seen multiple places denying people of 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 cash and, they, and you know they're saying card only right and um, um i think we talked about that and i was mm-hmm. like dude I'm, that's definitely illegal like if you're an operating business like you have to accept us if someone wants to tender. come in and if someone wants to come in and pay with ten thousand pennies you have to take it right t- exactly so um you know i guess it just kind of led me to this thought of like you know how, how like an, it's like another fear like a fear-based type thing you know it's like the first the first go around was you know oh you know the coronavirus is all over the bills we gotta you know stop using bills and and now you know they've changed the narrative a bit to um you know oh now the fed you know the reserve doesn't have any coins or there's coin shortage and then you know we obviously we got to talking and i think you have some facts for us um yeah i and and just before i get into what it says on the federal reserve's website the only counterpoint i would make and i don't actually believe this but you and i have both worked in in liquor retail and i'm sure you know i'm sure you used to run to the bank and do the deposits for for loyalty every so often and i used to do the deposits for our store every day the one thing I will say is we would never deposit coins unless we had some like obscene excess. Like typically we were buying coins almost every day as opposed to actually depositing any, which would be, which would be the one counterpoint that there, there's a shortage because people typically only get coins from the bank. They don't deposit coins, but I don't necessarily think that's the case. But so I, this morning, it, it, we talked about this earlier in the week and then I was at, um, Petco yesterday, because that's the the one place that I've seen it a bunch. It's, you know, the one place I frequent almost weekly getting shit for Sasha, where I notice it um, every week. And, you know, they said the same thing, you know, due to the national coin shortage, please pay with uh, exact amounts. We can't guarantee we will be able to make change or, you know, use credit or debit cards, whatever. So before we jumped on today, I wanted to kind of see what, what the internet had to say. And on the Fed's website, you know, they, they do have a little, a little blurb about it. So I'll just read it. The first paragraph says, uh, business and bank closures associated with the COVID-19 pandemic have significantly disrupted the supply chain and normal circulation patterns for U.S. coins. While there is an adequate overall amount of coins in the economy, the slowed pace of circulation has reduced available inventories in some areas of the country. That part's interesting. I'll get back to that in a second. And then the second to last paragraph says, since mid-June, the U.S. Mint has been operating at full production capacity, minting almost 1.6 billion coins in June, and is on track to mint 1.65 billion coins per month for the remainder of the year, which is significant. You know, there's a significant amount of money being printed and now uh, pressed, I guess, is what you would do with coins. But the interesting part I found was, as I just said, Petco was the, was the place I've seen it most frequently in my area or the place I'd noticed it Petco being a national chain. My guess would be that this would be a policy implemented across all of their locations in the country. Assuming that not every place in the country has a coin shortage, you could, it would stand to reason that some of these big major retail chains could actually make some money if like what you just said happens where people pay they can't make the change and people either leave without getting change or what have you um some of the other websites i noticed in an article i was reading on 
I think it was NPR, where like Walmart and Kroger's, you know, big national retailers, grocery store uh, retail chains. So, I mean, it is interesting that there's now a coin shortage. It just, it makes you think, it makes me think about the storage of money in this country, right? Like the, the conventional wisdom is storing the money in a bank and the bank then uses that money to loan out other places and give you very, very small percentage of return. So it almost like drives you to put more money into the banks so that you have it on your debit card and therefore you can use your debit card places instead of having to worry about using cash. Yeah, man, I guess what the way you're talking right now, it has me thinking back to when I was, when I would go work at the downtown Dallas store, which is the gas station. Um, I mean, that's where like I saw Shaq, Mark Cuban, you know, like all these, you know, just a high end area. But so there it's so busy that you're, you're basically just like, if you're working a till, like you're not moving, you're just constantly right. walking back. Cause you know, all the tobacco and stuff is in a refrigerator behind you. You're just going back to grab it, come back. Right. I can't tell you the change piles that we would start to build up at. Right. Like, so like if they left you their change, you just stacked it on top of the register. You know For what sure. I mean? You know what I mean? And I guess it's kind of like your tip. You know what yep. I mean? I guess people, but either way. So the, the number of people that are just so careless about their change is obviously just an unfathomable amount. But then on top of that, it's like, so now here, you know, you got someone coming in like, yeah, dude, here, yeah, take it. And then they're leaving or whatever. Right. It's, it's like that, that, will be 20 bucks by the end of the day at, sure. you know, a, a, a busy location, you know, maybe more like, you know, and to me, it's like that, that's just, if it's like on a national level, like that is completely like just a, a way to make money, like uh, no other way. Like, cause like, you know, if, if you were, if they were doing it, if it was like about fairness, like I, I would almost think you would kind of like round based on, you know, maybe what the 50 cent, like if it's, well, I don't sure. know. Sure. But that's the thing. Cause then there's the people who want their change. It's like, you know, one thing we used to do at the Dallas store was we'd always ask if you want your pennies. Right. So if, if they're like, no, then like, that's almost right there. Another, like, I mean, it's a penny business if you're selling, you know, individual, uh, you know, pieces of gum in a, in a box for, for whatever, 10 cents, 20 cents. It's like every, every cent, every cent means something, you know what I mean? So right there, we're in a way like you want your pennies and then everyone's either like, you know, no or sure. And it's like the people that are saying, sure, you know, have some idea of how fast change adds up. And, you know, it's like you save your change. You know, I remember my grandpa used to have this change jar and he would fill it up. It was like a, um, an Utz pretzel container. Mm-hmm. And he, if he filled it, it was like, basically he would just put um, silver in there. So like yep. quarters, nickels, dimes, and, and it would be 700 to a thousand bucks when you'd go trade it in every time. Yeah. It's, it's, um, the change thing is is interesting. And in, in, in when you ask someone if they want pen, their pennies, 
you know, you're implying to them, hey, these pennies are kind of worthless. Like, do you really want them? And I would say the majority of people say no. Um, but it's interesting because like what you just said about like people not caring about change, right? Like it's, it's very obvious that as a society, we are moving away from change. I keep my change for a couple of reasons. One, like if I'm working in or around New Haven, a lot of times I got to feed the meter and, you know, keeping spare dimes and nickels in the car just to throw in the meter is a lot easier than having to, you know, do it on the app or whatever. Um, but same thing like your grandfather did, my mom does with Yankee candle jars. She just saves her silver change. Um, I started doing that in high school. I remember I bought myself a brand new pair of uh, Bauer Vapor 30 gloves with a Yankee candle jar full of silver change. It was like 180 bucks. Um, I don't even think it was full, but like that shit adds great, up, man. Great gloves too. I still have them. Oh. Fucking awesome mitts. Oh, wow. um, but uh, it, it's just, it just shows you like the level of irresponsibility people have when it comes to money. I mean, and you know, we've talked about it a bunch over the course of these episodes. Um, but like people don't care about change and you know, should you penny pinch every single penny? No, you don't have to. Like I have, I have probably five dollars in pennies in my fucking car, just sitting in the ashtray that just sit there. And like, you know, at you know, some point you know I'll catch them in, but whatever. You know what I, I've been doing lately? I, I get a kick out of it because the person behind me is definitely pissed off. But every time I go to the grocery store, I always use a self checkout. Yeah. So I, I try to save my quarters. I, I always, I have a different jar for my quarters, and then I use them for laundry. But yeah. then all my other change, you know, over the course of a week, I'll just toss in my cup holder. Yeah. So if I, when I go to the grocery store on whatever day, I'll bring in, you know, whatever the cash I'm going to use and then all the change. So then I'll go buy my groceries and then I'll just sit there and feed the slot <laughs> all my change. And I'll be like, whatever. Some days I'll be like, you know, buck 30 or whatever, yeah. you know, some days it's, it's hardly ever, but more just to like, stay organized and, and use sure. it you know what i mean and so yeah. um but i definitely have gotten some eyes like like are you fucking kidding me dude like <laughs> well that's like typically that's like you know your alcoholic coming in at nine in the morning buying two two dollar nips and he doesn't have yeah. any money like that's like typically who does that you know? yeah well guess what um, well you are homeless so i guess it, it fits the bill yeah i'm homeless with a shit ton of shares of pen stock so how are you yeah, you know, it's, I was looking uh, looking earlier this morning at like around the time of whenever we did our investing episode, which episode three, I was looking at what the share price was then compared to now. So if you had just taken our advice then, you would be you would have made about thirty three dollars a share, thirty four dollars a share. If you had done it a week later when it plummeted, you'd be to up four almost forty. You'd be almost forty four dollars a share up right now. So. I mean, you know, people specifically one person said, what do you guys know about investing? I mean, $44 gain on a $4 share is, uh, is not bad returns as far as I know. Um, yeah, I'm no expert. I'm no expert, but, but that's pretty good. Um, but my bank account is bigger than it was before. So I, dude, I, the, the only thing I'm mad about is I didn't pull the trigger and, and buy fucking like a thousand shares when it was at three dollars and change um yeah dude but i didn't know you know we were we were inexperienced investors at that point um but holy hey, shit, st it's been still are still are but this i mean it's just fun that 
that I mean we've we've talked about something and it's you know kind of coming to fruition you know yeah if you great. build it if you if you build it they will come right hey right, right. wait at one point we had zero episodes of the Sunday conversation yeah now this, we've got Michael Jordan episodes of yeah. the of the Sunday conversation um yeah man no that's but, uh that, that was something I wanted to touch on too was that like if you just listened to us even even then you would have made significant money by now. Um, no, it's definitely, it's definitely fun though. It's, I mean, obviously still some weird, weird times, obviously. And, uh, and who, who, who knows what's to come. That's the other thing. Hey, what's the deal with like this blackout in New York city or something? Uh, I don't know. I just saw that. Um, I just saw that this morning. I haven't done, dude, honestly, with how much shit there is happening in the world, it's impossible to stay up to date on like on everything, you know, between uh, Lebanon this week and um, and New York having a blackout now. And, you know, NPR coming out with an article saying that coronavirus is not nearly as deadly as we thought it was. And, uh, you know, but Trump uh, requesting a fourth debate and Biden, or the uh, debate committee shutting it down and all the fucking shit going on in the world is impossible to keep up with. Yeah. What was the thing? Did you see the thing you said? Like, uh, you won't be seeing me for a while. There's a lot of very wealthy people that, 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 uh, that don't like me. Did you, did you hear that? Yeah, I did. I I also saw, um, there was a whole fucking shitload of people formerly in government or currently in government who were like named in the, uh, the Ghislaine Maxwell, um, files or, or whatever the, the, um, yeah, the fucking terminology was for it. the pedo. The pedos are coming down, dude. I you mean, know, it's it's so weird. You had told me about that. I don't even remember the first time. Maybe a couple of years ago, you were talking about it, and like, I'm open minded enough to like. I mean, you know, I was always open minded enough to hear you out when it came to things. Right? I never shut you down right away. I'd always hear hear you out on what you had to say, and then you know, I would either agree or disagree, and you know, with my reasoning, but. It obviously it never affected our friendship. Ironically, the only thing that ever affected our friendship was your pants not fitting. But nevertheless, um, it's uh, we hey, we we battled through. Okay, fuck. We bat we battled through. But <laughs> but now to see, you know, not even not not that any of it's like the most concrete evidence in the world, but like the speculation and and if, even if the speculation is one tenth right, it's disgusting that this is like a real fucking trend in the world. I mean, and, and not only that, not just that, like, that's not just it. It's the fact that it gets no attention fucking anywhere. You know what? I, I think we talked about it a little bit last week, but the, the girl who had been working on Epstein's Island, who had given testimony, who said that, uh, you know, Bill Clinton had flown to the Island. She had seen him on the Island. The Epstein flight logs had come out saying that Bill Clinton had been on the Island, whatever it was, 23, 26 times, or been on the plane 23, 26 times. And like, no one says anything. No one says anything. And I get that it's speculation. And if you do say something and it ends up being false or whatever, the Clinton Foundation is going to come after you and they're going to sue you or they'll kill you because they have a propensity for doing that. Um, But like, nobody says anything about it. It's all, let's focus on Trump. Let's focus on coronavirus. Let's focus on, you know, this explosion in Beirut and all these things that, you know, I get affect people's lives. But like at the end of the day, like 
children are the most at-risk population on the planet. Oh, totally, dude. They don't have a voice for themselves. And then it's just like you have these fucking scumbags who have never, like, are such, like, loser nerds that, like, they couldn't, they couldn't, like, I guess, I mean, if you want to call it what it is, I feel like most of them are probably, like, gay, but they, they couldn't even get a fucking man their age if they are you know what i mean so they have to attack like the most vulnerable and go after the most vulnerable i mean if that makes any sense like it's just like the people were you know that are in these fucking positions of power are like like look at them they look like fucking gross you know what i mean like scumbag fucking child molesters is what they look like and it's like that's exactly what the fuck they are but yet all we have an entire population that would like bend over backwards for these people. Right. But then if you, if you told them what they were really doing, they're like, they would be like, Oh my God, like that's ter-. You know what I mean? It's just like, you know, it's just like the wool has been pulled over everybody's eyes. And it's, you know, I mean, I feel like I have a good judge of character. And if you look into a human's eyes and you can see just like darkness, it's probably because they're fucking dark. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, there's, I have so many, like so many thoughts about it. It's like, it's hard to organize them and, and like put them in order, but um, it's, it's apparently, and it looks like as more evidence comes out, this gigantic fucking industry that goes, you know, spans the globe, spans every country. And spans we're talking, not, not, and, and we're not talking like, dude, we can't just say like, it's our generation. This is like, this has gone back like, you know, like ritual sacrifices to, you know, ancient Babylonian time. I mean, we're talking the elites have always done this shit. Well, look so at it. Think, think, about, think about it from this perspective. Like when, because I had this thought, um, I, I might have been telling you, might have been telling, I don't, I lose track sometimes, but you know, back in the Middle Ages, you know, when like England was at power, when France was at power, all the classic world superpowers were, were in power, the king or whomever would always marry a young girl, like a 12, 13 year old girl, like that was the norm at the time. And so while we have transitioned to, you know, the age of consent being 18 now, and all that stuff, you know, broadly broad strokes across the country you know what's to say that that like historic tradition of people in power having attraction to younger children has gone away and the the other part about that is people because there is a somehow there is a movement to normalize people pedophilia yeah i've seen that it's it's the most listen man i'm all for acceptance right i don't care my thing has always been i don't care your race i don't care your sex your religion your your sexual predilections i don't care about any of that if it doesn't affect my day-to-day life do you man you know be happy whatever makes you happy but we have to fucking draw a line somewhere we have to fucking, if you're a man and you want to be a woman, I got no beef with that either, man. It doesn't affect my bottom line, more power to you. But we have to fucking draw the line somewhere. We can't just accept things like, because at the end of the day, say you're, say you're, you're into little kids and you, uh, you know, you, you have your eyes on an eight-year-old. 
who the fuck is that? First of all, that eight year old to make the decision that like, oh, that's okay. You know, and your parents are, her parents are going to be okay with that. Like, it's a fucking joke that anybody would try and normalize something like that. Right. And that's why they go to fucking countries that are in dire straits and they fucking, you know, kidnap and take and fucking, oh yeah. Like, you know, oh, your, your, your village just got bombed because we bombed it. Um, yeah, no, 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 here, come on, get in this bus and, you know, we'll, we'll take you to safety, but, you know, not even really telling them because they don't even fucking understand or whatever it may be. You know what I mean? It's just like, it, it's all, it's, it's like complete manipulation and, and it's like fear-based, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, if we decimate a population or, or a fucking village, no fucking, no wonder people are going to be like running around, you know what I mean? Screaming, looking for like when you're in a situation of panic, what do you do? You look for some sort of help. Right. You know what I mean? It's like if the people that are there to help, you know, are there to like fucking bang you, it's not really fucking good odds for you, you know? And it's just like, you know, now, now it's like, you know, you look at like, we'll call it the C words cause we don't want to get fucking suicided on this podcast. But, uh, you know, when the, when the earthquakes or whatever happened in Haiti and then all of a sudden there's this huge infiltration of, of, you know, their money and their foundation involved. It's like, you know, you really just got to start to wonder. It's like, who, who are they there to help? You know what I mean? Their elite ring or fucking uh, a third world, country you know what I mean? well it's, it's it's interesting it's interesting too i watch i just happened i so for those who don't know i'm a like a lot of people a huge uh anthony bourdain fan um you know he was a guy who was was if you ever read any of his books you know he was he was a huge proponent of you know normalizing mental health issues uh which is something that's near and dear to me but you know at the end of the day he seemed like a you know a cool new york guy who you know liked to travel and eat good food and all that stuff i happen to be watching uh i can't remember if it was part i think it was parts unknown uh randomly a couple weeks ago and the episode i watched was the haiti episode and it took place a couple years after the earthquake there was if i'm not mistaken billions of dollars donated to the haiti relief fund and if you look at what Haiti looks like, it doesn't look like any of that fucking money made it there. Like it's, it, you've still got thousands of people's living in shanty towns and stuff. And then, you know, they have to deal with hurricanes still and all the natural weather that, that goes on there. And from what I can tell, it doesn't look like any of the fucking money that was donated to the Haiti relief fund actually made it to the Haitians and the people that fucking need it there. I mean, Port-au-Prince is still a fucking disaster zone. Like it, it's, it's crazy like to think that if you throw your here's the thing about people too is like they feel good right you like it's that that satisfaction of here I'm donating money I'm giving what I can to this cause look at me I feel good about myself but the reality of of the situation is a lot of these nonprofits a lot of these people who you know these these organizations that help people all over the world like not everything that goes on with the money is above board like so you think your money's going to help somebody and right. you never see anybody's right. pockets that needs it. Right. It's like when the C the, the CEO of the, you know, the Susan G Komen foundation is, is pulling in $10 million a year. Uh, you right. got to kind of start to think like, Whoa, wait a second. 
Um, and that's not, you know, it's like same thing. Red Cross. I think, you know, Red Cross, the CEO makes, you know, over 10 million a year. It's like all yep. these, all these foundations that, you know, um, relay for life or whatever that's even everything. It's just like, you know, it's it, it, the, it's the population that's been manipulated by, you know, those, you know, whatever, like the, who would be doing the men, the manipulating to, to think like, I mean, it's like so crazy. Cause we could even backtrack. It's like, you know what I mean? It's like, yes, yeah, somebody, uh, a family member, which I mean, pretty much every single family in the United States has lost someone to cancer. I mean, sure. at this point, and now, you know, you start to think like, well, how did they get the cancer? It's like, you know, was it from, you know, you know, the, the food they're eating, you know what I mean? Or, or whatever. And it's like, and so if you want to start making links, it's like, it's the people that are in power that are in control of the food, you know, but then, so someone now in your family gets cancer and, and passes away and, you know, you start to have all these benefits and you raise money for said organizations. And it's just like, well, wait a second. It's like the fucking CEO of, of, of this company that's making all this money also you know owns fucking you know the food industry or or, or some whatever industry that is, is tied to it and it's just like it goes on and on and on it's just like at what point do you get to fucking you know just like live and like be not scared of like you know everything you do because someone's always after you it, it it's interesting because I think part of it is marketing too, right? So like the three, the three greatest marketing schemes in the history of the world are diamonds, diamonds, Di our girl's best friend, De Beers, champagne being for celebrations only to market yourself as a wine that's for celebrations and be, you know, ubiquitous with that, you know, to always be used has been great for champagne, champagne's reputation. And the third being the term nonprofit or not for profit, you know, because it gives people the feeling illusion. that their, their illusion that their money is going to a company that is only using the money for good. And while they may use some of the money for good, if the CEO of that nonprofit is making $10 million a year, yeah, they're not turning a profit to then, you know, reinvest into the business or to stores cash on hand or what have you. But if their payroll is, you know, $75 million a year and their operating expenses are $100 million a year, then they're doing $175 million a year in business. It doesn't matter that they're a not-for-profit corporation. Like they're still, everybody's still getting paid. Everybody's still getting paid well. Not, this is, I'm generalizing here, but painting with broad strokes. I'm not talking about every, every nonprofit in the world because there are smaller ones that I think that do a lot of good, but your major ones um, right, and that's the exact thing. It's the smaller ones, you know, the little ones that are building a house for, you know, someone in yeah, need right. or something. They're like, Habitat for you know, humanity, but, you know? Right. But then you got, the, it's like the massive ones where, you know, it's like, it's almost like it's laziness too. It's like on the, the donators, on the donators part. It's like, you know what I mean? It's just like, oh yeah. But then that's the other thing. It's like, is there massive tax write-offs involved with that too? So it's like, Oh yeah, yeah we'll donate uh, to Red Cross because you get the fucking right. You know what I mean? Everything. 
It's like well, goodwill. And- you go to you go goodwill gets free inventory, and then sells it at you know between you know one and fifteen dollars. Hey, guess what? That's a lot of fucking free money they're getting. You know, it's like you know what else is interesting is um, nonprofits obviously are five hundred one c three organizations, so they don't pay taxes either. So it's just it's ironic to me. I literally just had this thought that people hate billionaires, right? People hate people that are uber rich because they don't pay taxes the same way we do. They have all these loopholes for major corporations to get around paying taxes, right? But people will willingly throw their money at nonprofit organizations who don't pay any fucking taxes. Like, you know, and so you're over here killing Jeff Bezos who had to work his fucking ass off to build Amazon from the ground up into this gigantic corporation. But you don't give a fuck that these, that the Red Cross doesn't pay fucking taxes, that all these major corporations who take in billions of dollars of in revenue a year, but it's all nonprofits, not for profit, don't pay fucking taxes either. Hey, Aaron, you're just blowing minds over here, you know? I, 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 it's just like, dude, the Great Awakening is happening right now. And we're, we're helping make it happen because people are asleep, dude. Yeah. I, 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 you know, I'm, I, I just am trying to figure out online if you have the like ability to see a nonprofit's like spreadsheet, you know, where all the money goes, I'm sure some of them do, but I bet you there's a lot of them that don't. I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say that that's gospel because I can't substantiate it in the, you know, in the time we're doing this, but. Hey, I have some one random little thing. So for the first time in like five years, I, I was getting money back on my tax return. Mm-hmm. Every other year I've had to pay this year. I finally, I filed back before all the Corona shit happened. Like, um yep. early march and i still haven't gotten my ret- like they still haven't given me my money back it wasn't it's not even like that much it's like 900 bucks oh really but yeah i think you can uh, you'll have to you'd have to go on the irs's website to see oh I, I have i have that app or whatever like i you plug in your yeah social security number your filing status and um you, the amount you're supposed to be refunded and it said it has said for however many months it's been since March, um, your request, your thing is still being processed. We will let you know or whatever. You're, you're about to get fucking audited, homie. Um, um, yeah. So do you think because I selected the box that I traded cryptocurrency, they're going to audit me? No, maybe. Uh, no, I, I mean, they won't audit. They won't audit. Did you, do you have to file that or did you file that? No, no, it just, it, there was just a, it was just a box that says, um, if you traded cryptocurrency within the year, click here or something. So it's like, so what I lie and then they audit me and then, you know, it's like, oh, you lied about it or I fucking, you're, you're not, you're not going to get audited. There's so many, so many bigger fish to fry out there as far as the, uh, the IRS goes. Um, yeah, but, dude, if you, I, but if you do get audited, just know you, they probably got you dead to rights and you better have a good account ready fucking, cause they don't just, they tend not to audit people unless they got them dead to rights already. But no, actually it's funny. You should mention that I was, uh, I stopped at a gas station on my way home from the gym 
uh, and I ran inside real quick and there was, uh, they had a crypto ATM. This is the first one I've seen in person uh, in Connecticut. What was the company? Do you see the ATM company name? Or it, was, it was, um, fuck. What are some of the big ones? Um, I bet you. Tau, Tau Bitcoin. Crypto ATM. Oh. It was, uh, shit. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, I can't remember. I'll go back and find out, but it was, um, I just thought it was interesting because it was not, I haven't seen, seen them anywhere here. Um, but it was uh, it was Ethereum, Litecoin, and Bitcoin, um, which was interesting. But it shows you that there's like this this acceptance of uh, or or growing acceptance of um, cryptocurrency. Yeah, well, I mean, Rogan just he he just told. I mean, what I don't know how many unique subscribers or listeners he has, but I think it's like two hundred million. <laughs> and he he just told everybody to buy Bitcoin in one of his recent episodes so um i mean obviously there's there's some hype behind it and i will say that it's been a hell of a week for um cryptocurrencies so yeah it's interesting you're excited It's, it's interesting because you and i are like on like you know like i have a little bit of cryptocurrency nothing near where you have and then you've got a little bit of stock and you know we've we're like like going down different paths right now and it's so interesting to see like you know both of our journeys like my like growth in my stock portfolio has been like has been steady right and then like with you with crypto it's just like it'll stay within the same range for two months and then it'll go up fucking fifteen hundred dollars and like you just like you know catch right back up in terms of growth all in you know a week and it's uh it's just interesting i the thing about it is that like you gotta have a fucking strong stomach to deal with that shit because it is it's a wild ride if it's something you pay attention to all the time yeah man i'm i mean shit i mean we'll see i i definitely think i think it's got some life for now um i mean i think when i mean simply like the fact that you know it's like we're we're in a three-month span and they printed however many trillion dollars you know it's like uh you know you know, you got to start to wonder. It's like, if there's no finite amount of it, it's like, well, that means that it's just infinite, not finite, you know? So it's like, you know, with every, with every dollar that they print, it just saturates the, the market and and devalues the dollar. And, and, you know, people don't realize, and now they're, now they're going to the store and they're paying 20 bucks for a loaf of bread instead of, you know, 10 cents or whatever it was you know in the in the 60s or 70s I, I, you know I'm, i don't know what bread really costs but i know like a candy bar used to be five cents and now you know at the downtown store they're getting three bucks for like a snickers dude in it's, dallas it, it just shows you like how fake like you know money and, and that and like the value that we apply to it as humans is i i saw this on uh, an instagram post and i just looked it up just so i had the number but uh, I just Googled the global debt, you know, the debt of all the countries in the world. Global debt across all sectors rose by over $10 trillion in 2019, topping $255 trillion. At over 322% of GDP, global debt is now 40 percentage points higher than at the onset of the 2008 financial crisis. So you look at 2008, right, and the, the world 
the world economy almost comes crashing down. It doesn't. It, the government, U.S. government, bails out the major corporations, the banks, the insurance companies, blah blah blah. Anyways, here we are, twelve years later, and global debt is. 40 points, 40 percentage points higher than it was then. I mean, it just shows you, man, it's all fugazi. It's all fucking fugazi. It's all just, it's all nonsense. It's the, it's the glue that holds society together when in reality it's fucking meaningless, you know? Aaron, who do we owe? Who does the world owe? Yeah, right. We owe, <laughs> like, we owe who the does space. We owe, yeah, we owe, uh, like, we didn't pay the fucking taxes on Earth or something to <laughs> right. the aliens. Or, like, I don't know, man. It, it's like coming two, to claim Earth two, as one of its moons. $250 trillion, of, like, to who? Yeah, like, right. who? Like, you know, I mean, someone's getting a fat paycheck, you know, when, when, we, when we're able to battle out of this debt we got here. But <laughs> it's, it's fucking unbelievable. <laughs> but it's just like, that's such an absurd number, $255 trillion in debt. And it's just like, like you just said, you know, when are we ever going to pay that off? We're never going to pay it off. So, who, so what's the point of even like putting a number on that? You know, you might as well just fucking make it zero. Who the fuck cares? There's, there's no difference. It's all fake anyways. But um fuck buddy um i think that's i think that's as good a place as any to stop for this week i think we banged it out and i want you to get back on the road since you're hanging in uh in a ditch in northern new mexico right now it does look beautiful behind you though no i, I mean yeah let's i mean it, it, it's awesome man man hey i gotta give new new mexico some credit man or just it's a cool state oh dude, well not i mean you just, I guess, like, you, you, until you see with your own eyes, you just are, you know, subject to what other people tell you or whatever. Right. And it's like, I thought New Mexico was, like, the land of Pueblos and, like, fucking just, like, you know. But, dude, oh, my gosh, the forests, the rivers, like, the mountains. You know, we're staying in, in, in Pecos, New Mexico. It's at 6,900 feet above sea level. Yeah, that's that's 600 feet higher than Jackson Hole. Like, I, you know what I mean? I thought I was at altitude up there, but like here I am, you know, higher. Um, yeah, uh, it's it's the American Southwest is like stunning. Uh, one of the most beautiful parts of the world that I've ever seen. And like I love like I fucking love Utah, like northern Arizona is beautiful. New Mexico is unbelievable. Like, but there are these like. Arizona people go to obviously there's big cities there you've got the Grand Canyon you got all that shit but like between Utah and New Mexico I feel like not enough people like travel there to see like what it's actually about because there's a fucking there's a lot going on there oh the land of enchantment man beautiful country the land land of enchantment but anyways we'll catch up go subscribe subscribe. review nice job Benny fucking a god damn it I'm forgetting Um, stuff left and right these days all the conkeys are starting to catch up to me but uh Good chat, buddy. Love you. Love you, man. Always.